Come on, no, okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. Lord, I humble myself before you. Forgive me. <laughs> Is my microphone on? Okay. Amen. Um, two quick things before we start. Um, I love I love how God works and how God pieces things together and weaves things. You know, He's. I believe that God orchestrates our services way before we arrive, any of us arrive, and I just love how he does that. I do want to um, make you aware on Wednesday night at 8.45, we will have a uh, parent meeting for uh, the teens. If you're in Princess Youth Group, we'll have a, a parent meeting at 8.45. It'll last about 20 minutes. I want to connect with you. Uh, and then also, um, I had the opportunity to Skype with Seth Brooks and Chris Morgan yesterday, and uh, they send their greetings, both of them, and uh, when Brian was mentioning Kurt and, um, and uh, Jesse, uh, it, I was going to say, you know, before I spoke today, that we need to keep them in our prayers, all of them, that we've sent out, and, and be remembering uh, what God's doing in them and through them. Amen? Amen. Well, will you stand with me this morning? We're going to go to uh, our scripture and, uh, and read a passage from 1 John. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it does bring life. I pray that it is alive and active today. I pray that our hearts would be open to you, God. I pray that my words would fall to the ground and your words would stick and change us for eternity today, God. And I pray, Lord, that we would not leave here the same way that we came. Lord, move upon your people today in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Love is the most powerful force on the planet. Love is constant, it is able, it always triumphs. Love will guide you when things are going well. It will hold you up when everything seems wrong. Love is important. And the reason that we're spending so much time on this particular topic is because it's much bigger than we can wrap our hearts and our souls and our minds around. Scripture tells us and is very clear that God is love. Would you say that? God is love. So to experience love at the fullest or to attempt to truly define love would be to experience God at his fullest and to define who he is. Love is the motivation for Jesus Christ to come. Love is the fuel that drives his obedience to his Father, even to the point of death on a cross. I am standing before you today, redeemed, set free, full of joy and blessed beyond measure because of the love the Almighty God has, blessed, has, has, has lavished on me. And I walk in the fullness of that love because it is secure 
never shaken, and it's a firm foundation for my life. His love is amazing. His love is unending. His love is faithful. His love is everlasting. And I cannot do justice in describing the love that He has poured onto my life. And I have done absolutely nothing to earn or to deserve the love He has freely given. And for me... His love has been revealed to me over and over, time and time again, through His grace. Through His grace in my life. The saying goes that when you take one step God, He takes ten toward you. My life has been a pattern of Figuring, getting, getting right with God and then finding something in my life where I think I have, will have better control over or I can do better at or I have a better idea than God. And then I begin to walk away from Him. And the further I get out from God and out of His will, the, the less peace, the less, less joy, the less uh, uh, of, of those things I, I truly have working in my life and I get so far out there on the edge and then all of a sudden I, I tend to fall because I'm not in the center of his will. Is anybody like that? Am I the only one? You walk out and you just get far away from him and, and then I get to a place where I realize that he's not with me and I'm not anywhere where he wants me to be. And my life has been a, a picture of turning around from that place and immediately falling into his arms. Because he doesn't make me get up on my own and have to track back and trail through the crud that I created to get back to him. He doesn't say, here's my expectation for you. Now you meet this expectation before I can lavish my love. He meets me where I am, even when I'm fallen, and his love is consistent and constant in my life. So that when I get out there on that edge, he's there to catch me. And he says, now let's walk this together. You've been wounded, you've been bruised, you've been beat up because you chose a lesser path. And so he takes me and he caters to my wounds and we get back to that place where I left off and then we move forward. His love is real his love is consistent. His love is beyond anything that we can fathom. His love is so much bigger than we can wrap our mind around. This morning, God Almighty wants me to say to you that he who placed the sun and the moon in the sky, he who strung the stars and the galaxies together, he wants me to tell you that his love is. Period. His love is. Scripture tells us that God is love, and, and, and his love just is. There are people here, I believe, today who have been laboring, who have toiled, who have tried, who have worked, who have plowed, and who have cried, trying with every ounce of their being to earn 
His love. And He wants to tell you this morning that His love is. His love is. I am 30 years, I'm 30 years old this year, and I've spent most of my existence on this earth trying so hard to earn something that I already freely have access to. And using majorly influential people in my life who pointed me to Jesus, God radically reformed and, and changed my entire being by helping me understand the simple truth that His love is. I don't know where your relationship with the Lord is this morning. But what I can tell you is that His love before you acknowledged Him is the same as it is after you acknowledged Him. His love is constant and it is continual and it is firm and it did not change from the moment you turned your life around. It was always the same. And there was nothing back then that you did to earn your salvation or earn your love or there's no work that you could have done that got you to the point where you could get him and get him to love you any more than he already has. And this morning I'm here to tell you that some of us are still in that frame of mind that I've got to work and earn the love of God so that I can be free in my life. And he's here to tell you that his love is. His love is. Our perception of love in this society especially is so skewed and messed up. And the reason I believe that it's so messed up is because that most of society today has no idea who God really is. Oh yeah, we can surely put God where we want Him to fit, where it looks good for us. But to, know, to really, really know and really paint that picture and really understand God is to also understand His love because Scripture tells us God is love. And I believe if you look at it closely enough, I totally understand and get why a society filled with emotionalism and doing what feels good is going to try and take the most powerful force on earth and try to manipulate it and shape it into its definition that caters to its objective. And what's its objective? Its objective is to bring pleasure to itself by whatever means necessary. Consequently, love is. Love is reduced to describing an ice cream cone at a fast food drive-in. I had one of those last night. It was good. But you try to compare that with the love of God. And that is truly what society has painted for us. The billboards we pass, the movies we see, it's how can we get a temporary solution to what I can, so I can instantly gratify what I feel at that moment. We are a generation, speaking to you all, we are a generation who takes this word love and doesn't have any consistency to match it up with. We are a generation that attaches love like a fleeting kite in the wind to describe how we feel and how we're going to live our life and, and it can change from one day to the other. And then we wonder why we're so wounded and broken and torn apart. Because the author 
of this thing called love never, ever, ever said it was going to be dictated by how you felt. Love is not defined by how we feel. And the best way I know how to describe this is to say that love is like a permanent slab of concrete that you stand on and you stand firm, that can't be moved, it can't be shaken. It's there no matter what. And your feelings are like the wind as you stand on that concrete. Sometimes it's like a cool breeze that comes on a warm summer day and it feels great. And sometimes our feelings are like hurricane force winds that knock us down. But if you don't have that foundation to stand on, when you get knocked down, you're going to be really, really messed up. Our feelings and our emotions... They are real, but they will knock us down. And it's not how we, that's not the foundation of our life. Because those change. His love doesn't. His love is the same. It is consistent, it is constant, and it is what we are to walk, it is the foundation on which we walk our life on, because He is love. Are you with me? As a teenager... I was not secure in the love that God had for me. Be it because of the chains that I was bound to or believing what the world said about me, feeling rejected or not good enough, dealing with sin issues, whatever it was, I just simply was not secure in the love that God had for me. And the only way that He was able to change that in my life was for me to truly experience his love, his true, unfailing, unwavering love. Do you know that God desires to use you to show his love so that people can see him? 1 John 4, 7, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God, and knows God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. And so he intends on using you, yes, that's right, messed up you and messed up me, to show his love to a dying world. How in the world are we supposed to do that? Two things. Jesus Christ is our example. We learn about what he did and how he acted and what he said and how he responded. And once we get that and we realize we can't measure up, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to come in and help us do that. Because I don't know about you, but there's a lot of people that I don't feel like loving. There's a lot of instances and times when that person is the last thing I want to do is I want to love them. And I've got to go before the Lord and say, Lord, you're going to have to fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit to get through this thing. And he does it every time because his love is secure, it's constant, it's firm. And he doesn't desire us to dictate our life based on how we feel in the moment. So Kevin O'Day needed to see unconditional love, the love of God. And frankly, the person that he chose, and he, cho and he chooses different people, and sometimes it's more than one, 
But I don't, and I don't know about you, I, I have a testimony. Do you have a testimony in this place? Okay, you have a testimony of his faithfulness and his goodness and his love in your life. And, and I tell you what, I'm sure that at some point that testimony is tied back to somebody who pointed you to him. And it can be anybody that God chooses to use and surround your life with. For me, it was my best friend, Isaac Meek. And God placed Isaac in my life at a time that I needed to be built up, encouraged, accepted, affirmed, and loved so that I could know Jesus in the way that he wants me to know him. It wasn't that I'd not asked Jesus into my heart, but I had never experienced Jesus nor understood the love of the Father at that time in my life. There were a lot of holes and a lot of insecurities. And the reason that my friendship with Isaac was so important was because Isaac wasn't functioning in the role of what am I going to get out of this, like so many of us do. But rather, he was simply loving me through our friendship so that I could see the unconditional love of God. Soon after, I, I met the entire Meek family and I... And I spent lots of time with them. I developed strong friendships with Arwen and Valerie, and we have memories, and, and, uh, and frankly, uh, Ronnie and Margaret have spoken into my life, helped me mature and grow, and they're like a second family, second parents to me, and, uh, and that relationship continues. But the reason that I can stand here and say this today was because in the midst of all of that, in loving me through the things that I was walking through, it was never about how much credit I could give to them. It was always about me seeing Jesus. And that's how our lives are supposed to be when we're walking in relationship with our brothers and sisters and with a dying world. It's about how can I love you so that you cannot see me and my flaws, but that you can see the Jesus who resides within me. Because if you start looking at me and you start giving me the credit, you're going to real soon find out how messed up and flawed I can be. But you need a Savior in your life that can hold you up. You need a love in your life that is consistent and true and sound and continuously uh, uh, is on your behalf and on your side and going forward you, for you at all times. You need that love in your life and that love is no, to be found nowhere else but in Jesus Christ. His love is. And so they, that family graciously loved me through my quirks, through my odd times, through the things I walked through. And I remember when I first encountered this love, this different type of love, this unconditional, unselfish love, I was so attracted to that love because it was the Lord that I reverted back to my old habits and ways of saying, I can't do anything to mess this up. I got to walk on eggshells around this family. I remember being in their house several, on several occasions at the beginning of our, our relationship, our friendship, and uh, they would offer me a glass of water and I wouldn't take it. Just because I, if, man, I, I just knew I would drop that glass on the ground and it would be over and they would hate me for the rest of my life. I so... <laughs> I so... I just, I just had never experienced that I, I was aware of. I was never hit upside the face with love that was just saying, come, be, be you. 
Don't work toward this. Don't work toward it. It's just be who you are and love Jesus. And through that, I was able to grow. And my heart was able to grow. And I was able to, to mature in my walk and my faith with a God who was passionately pursuing me with all his heart, with everything he was. The fear that I carried when I first encountered this love wasn't of the Lord. Because see, Scripture says there is no fear in love. It says perfect love, it drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love, but we love because why? He first loved us. It's not the other way around. We didn't love him first and then he showed up on the scene. He loved us and he waited patiently with his arms wide open for us to just fall in and cling to him. And he promises us he's going to never let us go. No matter how much the tide comes, the ripples in the water, the storms of life come, he's never going to let us go because he is our foundation. And he loves you. He loves you with this, this, this uncontrollable love. This uncomprehendable love. And for the first time my, in my life, my eyes were open to the truth that I did not have to earn his love. I didn't have anything to prove and I didn't need to work so that I could be, get into a place where I deserve and I didn't have to be something that I wasn't. The same truth is for you today. Even at the points when I remember working and feeling like I got to the point of maybe earning love or earning what it is, I realized in that vicious cycle, it never was enough. I never was completely satisfied. Guys, we have to let go. And we just have to be in the center of who he is in his love. We don't have to understand it. We don't have to work toward it. We don't have to quantify it or put it in a formula. His love is. And so for Kevin O'Day, who needed a father, who needed God to be a father in my life, came into my life and filled my heart. And he said, I didn't just call you out as a plural, as a, within a group of people. But he said, you, singular, Kevin O'Day, I know your name. Even before time began, I knew the plan and the purpose I had for your life. And I, who have slung the moon and the stars and the sun and the sky, have knitted you perfectly like I want you to be. And all you have to do is be secure that I've got you. And I love you. And I want you to take that love out into a dying world and I want you to slap him upside the face with me. And so we have the opportunity and the commission to do the same thing that God did to us. Because his desire one day is to split open the sky. And to take us to be home with him. And guys, do you know he doesn't want one person left here. He doesn't want one of us left behind. 
but we've got a job to do. But I don't know how. <laughs> That's the cry of my life. I don't know how. And somehow, somehow, through me just loving people, by me just being Kevin O'Day and just being myself, God moves more in those situations than when I try to do something with all my might and try to make stuff happen. He moves and he wants to lavish his love on a dying people. God's love is, and for me it has been shown to me by his constant grace that makes everything about him. Do we have that video cued? And would you make sure the volume is loud enough? Please. As you watch this video, um, it's short. I want you, I, I, I'm in the shoes of Peter in this. Grace is God's unmerited favor for us, his crazy love. And the truth is, many times we struggle understanding it. I was short. <laughs> Grace is God's unmerited favor for us, his crazy love. And the truth is, many times we struggle understanding it. If you find yourself struggling to understand God's grace, don't beat yourself up. Even the disciples struggled with understanding grace. Jesus, is that you? You're alive. I can't believe you're alive. Okay, I was in the boat and I wasn't catching any fish, okay? But I heard this voice and the voice said, cast your net to the other side. And so I'm thinking, I'm a fisherman. I know what I'm doing, but I'm not catching any fish, you know? And so I throw that net over there and then a gaggle of fish pop into that net. And I'm going, this is a total miracle. Who could have done that? I need to know who told me to throw the net to the other side. And boom, I look up and I mean, there is you. You're looking at me on the seashore going, it is I, the Lord. It's real life. I can't believe you're alive. This is awesome. Andrew, get out of the boat. Come on. Peter, yeah. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. I love you. You're alive. This is so great. Good, and, then feed my sheep. Andrew, get out of the boat. Come on, man. It's him. Peter. Yeah. Do you love me? I love you, yes. And I'm so sorry about that rooster clucking. I had no idea what that meant, but I do not. I'm better for it, all right? Okay. Then feed my sheep. Andrew, I'm smiling, but I'm serious. Come on, get out of the boat. It's him. Peter. Yeah. Do you love me? Jesus, mere words cannot describe the passion that I have for you. I love you. You know everything. I love you. Good. Good. Then feed my sheep. I didn't even know you had livestock. That is so like you, though. There's something new about you all the time. That's what I love about you. Peter, yeah. do you remember uh, the morning the ladies went to the tomb? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're all in the upper room trying to figure out what to do next, you know, because we thought you were dead. You know, you were dead, you know, and we're trying to figure all that out, you know. And Mary comes running up, and Mary's like saying, beehive, beehive, beehive. And I'm thinking, I'm allergic to bees. Like, keep them out. You know what I'm saying? But as she kept getting closer, I heard her correctly. She was saying, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. And we're going, who's alive, who's alive? And she said, she was at the tomb, and the tomb was empty. And she said that the, there was an angel there. And the angel said, go tell the disciples and Peter that everything is okay. He is risen. And so me and John, we hightailed it down there. And if John says he beat me, he's totally lying, all right? I beat him, FYI, all right, you know? And we get down there, and I'm looking in that tomb, and it is. It is empty. There's nothing in there, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, what does this mean? What does this mean? And John is right there. John is so good with words. He should write a book. He is so good with words. And John said, don't you get it, Peter? This is everything Jesus said he was going to do, and you did it, and it's done. Let's go. This is so great. Wait. 
The angel said what? Uh, go tell the disciples and Peter that everything is okay. He is risen. You've risen. Let's go. This he is said what? Go tell the disciples and Peter. said my name. Why did you say my name? Peter, that's grace. No, no, I don't, I don't deserve that because that night people kept coming up to me asking me if I belonged to you, if I was with you, and I kept denying you left and right, all right? No, it'll take me my whole life to make up for what I did. It was unforgivable for no, what I did. No, What I did on the cross was meant to take what is unforgivable and make it forgivable. That's my grace. It's not about you. It's always about me. That's grace, Peter. Could the musicians come on up? Um, it's always about him. It's always about Him. Despite what you think that you understand or what you think you've deserved or you think that you've earned or not earned, it's always about Him. He paid the price. He paid the price. So we don't have to keep revisiting our worth. He loves you with an everlasting kind of love. Scripture tells us that He will never leave you nor forsake you. If God is love, and He is, the only way I know to truly discover what love is is to get closer to Him. But the problem with that is because of my sin, I can't get close to Him by myself. But because he loved me before I loved him, he has prepared a way for me. He's prepared a way for you to get close to him. And that way is Jesus Christ. As Ronnie said when he spoke on this, you don't get there by trying harder. You get there by surrendering more. I've got a daughter now. Her name's Hadassah. And when I look into her eyes, as her father, I see perfection. She can do no wrong. And I know that there are going to be moments in my life with her where she's going to disappoint, where she's going to frustrate. There's going to be moments when I'm going to have to discipline. But when I look into her eyes, I see her as perfection. I have so much grace for my daughter. And that grace is rooted in love. And I realize that there is nothing that Hadassah can ever do to earn that love or make it go away. I'll jump in front of a Mack truck for her. And there's nothing that she can do to make me want to do that more. And there's nothing that she can do to make me want to do that less. It just simply is. Guys, our Father's love simply is. Would you stand with me this morning? There's a special grace this morning I feel in the altar space. Those who are going to pray, go and come up for two things. One,
someone had to come and show me Jesus Christ. And when they showed me the fullness of his love, there was a time when I came down to this very altar and I said, I surrender to you, God. I give you my heart and I'm going to stop trying so hard. I just want you. And guys, I can't tell you the freedom that I've experienced in just reveling in his love, just because his love is. If that's you this morning, there's a spot for you down here. And secondly, some of us just need an extra reminder, an extra dose. Some of us maybe feel like, maybe God, maybe have you forgotten me? You feel maybe a sense of abandonment. And God says, no, (laughs) I'm here. I've always been here. Let him love on you this morning. Come down. Don't leave here carrying that out because there there are Kevin O'Days out there in the world that need to see Jesus Christ. And you can't do it if you're walking around broken. Come, come and be filled up in his love this morning. Father, 
Love is the most powerful force on the face of the earth. God has equipped you with what you need. It's not for you to work toward it. It's not for you to do sin in something. It's just to simply be. It's just to simply be and lavish the love that he's given you on, on other people. I'm a testimony of somebody lavishing their love on me, not by their own strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Guys, we need the Holy Spirit in our life in order to accomplish this. And so allow him to come in and completely consume and take over all the corridors of your heart. Raise your hand and let me give you a blessing. May the love of Jesus Christ reside in your heart, minds, and souls. May you carry it out in abundance as you encounter people at the grocery store, on the side of the street, at school, at work, wherever it is, even the unlovely. I pray that this morning the Lord would so equip you to be so secure in His love that He allows you to lavish that on others so that others may come to Him in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed.